أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته This is Rashad Norze coming uh, at you with Imam Fuad Muhammad السلام عليكم Imam Fuad وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته How are you حبيبي Alhamdulillah, I'm doing well, and uh, this is our uh, our weekly transformation podcast. So we're coming back with somewhat of a special edition, I think. Um, so to the context, I think is a little more clear. This is being recorded after some uh, some more news that has been coming out about the spread of the disease uh, coronavirus, in particular here in the United States, um, and I think that's. That's really shifted, you know, people's perspective. Even people who had uh, not been taking it as seriously um, yeah. have started looking at it more seriously. Imam Fouad, why don't you share a little bit of, uh, about the context for us as well? How are things going for you guys out in in Washington? Subhanallah, we are at the center, you know, of the worst outbreak in the United States, and uh, things have been going uh, crazy. There was a state of emergency that was declared maybe two weeks out now. Um, la- yesterday, they came out with a uh, complete ban on uh, gatherings of 250 or more. So we've had, you know, the Seattle Sounders, the Mariners. These are the local you know, sports team canceling uh, their games in March. We've had, uh, you know, the, the, there was other things besides the restriction on the 250. Any mm-hmm. less than that, you have to be, you know, 46 feet apart. Um, religious gatherings were, you know, one of the things that were touched on to not, not be occurring. So, alhamdulillah, most of the masajids and the imams, we've been in contact on how we should respond as Muslims. And alhamdulillah, we've decided that most masajids, they're going to be closed on uh, Friday for Dhuhr and for Jum'ah. You know, because uh, a lot of people are still going to show up if you just cancel Jum'ah. You're going to have, you know, dhuhr with over 200 people, 300 people. So most masajids, you know, during that time, they're going to be closed and, you know, letting the people know, uh, spreading the awareness of it. Um, other than that, uh, when it comes to, you know, the just the stores, everything's almost sold out. Um, there's long lines at Costco. There's long lines at in every store. And they're all out of, you know, tissue paper. They're out of uh, hand sanitizers, disinfecting wipes, anything that, you know, people think you're going to use water, even waters, you know, it's, it's, uh, it ran out. And every day we go back trying to get some water. It, you know, it's, it's gone. You have to go pretty early. And if you go early, you know, as soon as they open it, maybe 10, 20 minutes later out of Costco, and this is, you know, a giant warehouse, all of the water is gone. Right. Ajib, yeah. yeah, that's incredible. I, I think similarly here, um, it's it's interesting when certain types of news really capture um, people's attention. So I think the two biggest news stories that I heard yesterday, obviously there was the message from uh, from the the government, from the president. There was the the travel restrictions. I think that was a big shift from yesterday. But really, there were two other messages that I heard about that I thought uh, were spread more widely. I, I didn't hear a lot of people telling me about you know the president's message, but mm-hmm. there were many people who told me about two things. One, the NBA has <laughs> suspended all of its games, right? Yeah. So 
people yeah. that I know, you and I, you know, people who are paying attention to basketball this year, definitely that's uh, that hits hits home. And then secondly, there was actually the news. And to be honest, uh, I, I have to say, as I'm sharing this now, I haven't verified this information, but mm -hmm. it seems to be so widely spread that um, I, I don't know if it's true or not, though, but I heard that Tom Hanks and his wife have been diagnosed with, uh, with coronavirus. And so yes. Tom Hanks being, uh, you know, a very famous actor, obviously, I mm -hmm. think this sort of captures people's attention in a different way. Like yeah. if it could happen to him, it could happen to me almost. Um, and if, yeah, so I thought these types of information were really shifting for people. So there has been over the last week, at least in my circle of family and friends, there have been conversations over the last two weeks, really. And a lot of it started out with, you know, it's this sort of, it's an issue. Now let's not really worry about it. This is really just, you know, people hyping it up in the media and, and politicians. But really, as of yesterday, it's shifted significantly. And uh, sadly, in the, in the larger community and society, there, like you said, people have been acting um, out of fear and panic. Mm -hmm. And of course, it, this is people are thinking about themselves and their families and so wanting to, to protect themselves. But in mm -hmm. fact, some of the decisions they're making, like uh, stockpiling, you know, toilet paper may not be, you know, the most uh, critical action that they could take at that moment. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, other decisions that they're taking, like, like you said, buying up all of the, um, the health resources for, um, you know, for, for cl clean wipes and masks, mm -hmm. in fact, is actually having a negative impact on the, uh, the health uh, industry as a whole. I think doctors' yeah. offices are struggling. Um, they don't have enough resources because it's being bought up by everyone else. When in fact, yeah. they need it, right? But people are somehow just stockpiling these things, thinking that it's going to protect them. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope today, uh, one, one thing I'll share is that um, I know several organizations, uh, AMJA, the Shura Council, multiple other organizations have put out messages, like you said, the community as a whole um, here in the Bay Area as well, from several major masajid, I've heard that they've decided to cancel um, their Jummah and for the near future, any of their large activities in their uh, youth programs, etc. But also, uh, Mass will be put, put publishing um, a message uh, later today, you know, putting into context what's actually taking place. I hope providing, you know, some more uh, somewhat of a, uh, a spiritual uh, lessons that can be taken from this time, but also some practical calls to action. I think there is more that we can do um, as individuals. Of course, the Washington is the starting point so we'll leave some of that you know to to a future conversation but mm -hmm. today um i figured we could kind of jump around transformed by worship and there's obviously a here um on purification and mm -hmm. purification under the section of uh the body so this is page starts on page 139 and I think you and I could have, you know, a conversation about some of the, the reflections on this chapter in particular, which I believe, I mean, it wasn't written for this type of issue, but it captures or it, it encompasses this issue really well. Um, yeah. We can, if you, if you, how does that sound for you? <clears throat> Inshallah, that sounds, you know, like a very good, uh, good idea to go off of. But before yeah. we get there, you know, I just want to mention uh, a, a few things. 
when the NBA canceled their games, I think mm-hmm. I heard it before it was even like ready on ESPN yet. You know? Right. Because of how fast that information was traveling, there was a tweet maybe like five minutes before it aired on ESPN and everybody was sharing it. And to be honest, you know, this is the first time like I, I saw the restrictions on the travel much later. Right. I didn't think that I, I thought it was just a like a decree that you know Donald Trump passed or something. I didn't right. think he actually sat in front of uh, you know the news conferences until today, this morning. Right. He he had a, an address to the union or an address to to the country, because right. I, I think you know for most of us, NBA this is something that you know we're attached to or something that we know of or people that you know it, it it's something that we partake in or they right. watch going to the games. So when it affects us, you know, it, it, when you hear that that's canceled, of course, it's going to travel much faster than uh, travel being banned from, you know, p- from people from Europe, because not a lot of people are are thinking of traveling to Europe right now or, you know, coming from there to here. But the NBA, right. this is, you know, 83 games that you're watching. And now it's, you know, towards the uh, end of the season. Boom, you hear it's canceled. Now, you know, the thing becomes a real worry. You know, right. the coronavirus is real. Yeah. Right, that's actually a good point. I mean, it's it's hitting home. I, I there was actually I'm not. I, I guess I should ask you. There was a message going around uh, from a doctor, maybe from Chicago. I'm wondering if you heard that message <laughs> on WhatsApp. Uh, on WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it so many times. Subhanallah. I thought he was from Seattle, to be honest. Oh, okay, interesting. I I originally thought he was from Texas. Interestingly, it's yeah. it, it's. It's very interesting to see the dynamics of the world today, not only how disease spreads, and there's been some really great analysis from medical mm-hmm. experts and experts yeah. in this field talking about how this disease spreads, mm-hmm. um, but in fact, how information, whether correct or incorrect, uh, I'm finding that there's a lot of incorrect information that's spreading very quickly as well. Um, yeah. In fact, sometimes it seems like it spreads you know, in a similar way to a disease, and you mm-hmm. wonder what what it is you know sometimes people uh, people tend to share different things but this one definitely spread around so i liked his overall message and i think it's yeah. important for more people uh to capture but he said something in there that made me you know ask myself he said people should have two weeks worth of food you know stored and i asked myself do i have two weeks worth of food you know stored so a lot of a lot of times you know there's different perspectives coming from different individuals yeah. and i hope that you know, I hope that each person can can do their best to understand what's going on, what's happening in their local area, but also to be prepared in in the most thoughtful way. And yeah. I think that's so sometimes people like to say mindful. I hope this is an opportunity for us to, to practice the 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 concept of taqwa, where our our God consciousness is mm-hmm. is bringing us closer to doing the right thing in this situation versus our fear of what might happen to us. So there's much more to be said about, you know, this, this understanding and uh, we should definitely not become people of, you know, that, that go with the flow of fear and panic. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that, I hope that the Muslims in the community that go out, I hope that we can be people who are prepared in the best Mm -hmm. way and actually helping other people. Maybe we'll see an, a video of someone choosing to share their, you know, their extra toilet paper with someone else or their extra cleaning supplies with someone else. Because mm-hmm. sadly, it's more of the opposite is taking place. And I think we can change that in our communities. 
Yeah, subhanAllah. You know, uh, the, the last time I went to Costco, maybe two days ago, there was a lady that had uh, two water bottles, not, not uh, you know, the, the cases of water bottles. Right. And alhamdulillah, when she saw me and my wife, we were looking for water. You know, she decided to give us uh, one, of, uh, one of those that she had. And she had the last two, you know. So alhamdulillah, right. people are, you know, they, they're, uh, through all of this, there are some people that are still like, you know, we have a responsibility to help others. You know, one maybe one uh, case of water is enough for me. You know, and then this case can, you know, help these people. And alhamdulillah, you know, she we made small conversation after. But, uh, you know, the message from the doctor, the thing that, you know, the way I understood when he said have food for two weeks, I think, like, the, the way I took it was, you know, have have things that if they run out, it's going to be very hard for you to uh, survive without. You know, because he, he specifically mentioned, he said, this is not a hurricane, you know, don't, don't go out and buy right. canned food. So I'm thinking like oil, rice, flour, you know, these type of things, bread, where... Yeah. Because most of the other stuff, they're not even, I don't think they last two weeks. You know, the other food that, you know, we have. So I'm thinking he means, you know, like, uh, go buy, if if your oil's running out, buy it now. Uh, if your flour is running out, if your rice and uh, pastas and, and these type of things, you know. But alhamdulillah, overall, it was it was, it was a very good message. And, you know, it, it, it wakes everybody up because me and you, uh, you know, due to our age, this might not affect us. We might just get sick and it might go away. And but what it can do is we can take it to somebody that that it can really harm, right? You know those that are uh, much older than us. You know the, in our community, if we go to the masjid and one of them is there, uh, we we can be normal. You know none of the symptoms, but we ha- we're carrying the virus around, and then now they get it and they suffer because of us. Right. Yeah. yeah. One other one other advice that I like to share it's for myself and for everyone, inshallah. Um, don't don't drown yourself in the um, in the the information that's coming from the the media, like the news sources. Uh, the reason is because their focus is not the same. They they are trying to put some information out there, but mostly they're highlighting how it's impacting, let's say the 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 economy or let's say the stock market. And some people are paying attention to that. But I don't think they're looking at it from the perspective of, you know, our fellow, how we treat each other as human beings. Uh, So I hope that more people, yourself included, Imam Fuad and others, can take this opportunity to keep raising, you know, awareness for uh, for people in the Muslim community and the larger community that, Mm -hmm. you know, we are all here as part of something together. I think that's one of the things that I was going to highlight from the first section of this book. Actually, on page, um, on page starts on page one thirty nine, and yeah. then go second page. So I'll mm-hmm. just read a short part of this quote, and it hit me more particularly from from the issue that we're talking about now. It says, "Modern civilization has taken unprecedented steps towards fulfilling the physical needs of the human being and providing all kinds of comfort, enhancement, and luxury, including in consumption, travel, and accommodation." It says, from the comfort of your plush bed, you can turn the lights of your room on or off with the click of a button. Click another button and you can instantly be talking to another person on the other side of the world. With yet another click, you can instantly heat up water or food, start your car, and clean and dry your clothes. We think that we have more control through luxuries. 
But what we fail to realize is that by constantly satisf satisfying our bodies, we are destroying our abilities and strengths, making us fragile. So this this summary message of his is very powerful. You know, he's he's actually putting I think context on around the fact that by by overindulging and satisfying ourselves, we are destroying the abilities and strengths and making ourselves weaker, which we can see is a is a reflection in what we're seeing today. But I thought it was interesting that everyone today, especially in a country uh, like the U.S., uh, that not everyone, many people have these luxuries and in relation to maybe things that are uh, available to people around the world so this this ability to travel so now the travel is restricted but mm -hmm. alhamdulillah we even had that ability to start with you know many people don't but it's affecting us all in the same way the same yes, lord who <clears throat> and if he takes them away from us then what kind of people will we be you know will we mm -hmm. become ungrateful will we become fearful and it, it almost ties back to a lot of the, there's always that example in the Quran. It's, it comes up in a few different places where Allah speaks about the people who are traveling on a ship and suddenly the waves start to overtake them and the weather's overtaking them and they feel like this is it, it's the end. Um, and, they, and at that moment, they turn back to Allah and they make all of the promises and the swearing and the oaths that they'll change their lives. But when they reach that land, they reach that safety and security, they forget. Mm -hmm. And so this is, I believe, an opportunity for many of us, you know, in the context of what we're talking about. Uh, I hope I hope that this will bring me and, and anyone else back, uh, anyone else that's experiencing this uh, in the world today, back mm -hmm. to Allah, closer to Allah, and creates an opportunity for us to be callers back to Allah. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's just one of the things I thought what resonated with me as he was introducing this section. Yeah, subhanAllah, that, that, that beginning of it, it's, it's, you know, it's something that we, especially living here, that we relate a lot to. You know, life has become so easy for us. The things that people used to struggle with 10, 20, 50 years ago, we, we don't struggle with it anymore. You know, remember how, the, like, just imagine what me, you and I are doing right now. 10 years ago, or even uh, a little bit back, 20 years ago, I don't think we would be able to have this conversation the way that we're having it, you know? Right. We can call each other on our phones and use the internet at the same time. Remember when we were younger? This is this was not the case. Either you use the home phone or you use the internet. One mm -hmm. of those. And the, and the internet took forever to load anything. Now look how easy it is where uh, we're in different parts of the country and we're able to talk to each other. And even when you travel to Chicago, we're in different time zones and we're still able to talk to each other. And I'm pretty sure when we call back home or you call Afghanistan, I call back to Ethiopia, the yeah. line is perfect. I can hear right. them, they can hear me, I can see them, they can see me. This right. is not how it was before, you know. So when things like this happen... Uh, we don't want to be overindulged in the luxuries and forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when these things are taken away you know we become uh, you know what uh, we become ungrateful and th the most important thing that people don't take advantage of is you know the sickness that they have uh, the, the health that they're blessed with if you don't right. take you know, and this is the perfect you know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said ni'matani maghbubuna kathiran min nas there are two blessings that the people are heedless of as-sihhatu wal-faragh you know health and uh, free time before uh, this sickness was out you know what were you doing how were you spending your time how were you 
live, living your life. You know, how are you with, with your health? And now that you hear this disease is coming, you are worried about, you know, if you get it and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, you're going to be worried about why didn't I take advantage of the times, you know, that I had health and I had time. Now I have to worry about this sickness. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that you highlighted that on so many levels. I'm trying to think of those five things that the Prophet said I'm talked about mm. health, time, youth, um, and then how you earned your wealth and how you mm -hmm. spent it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those five things and amazingly seem to capture every moment of someone today. Uh, yes. Your time, even now, you have mm -hmm. time. And it's taken away from you you know how are you going to use the time that you have and now that the time is restricted we wish we had more time to plan or be prepared for something um your health obviously may allah protect all of our health you mm -hmm. know some of us may be affected some of us may not those who have their health how will they use their health um for the sake of allah and that because mm -hmm. we will be asked about it um those that have um uh, their, I, one is their life as well but the earnings and how we earn it and how we spend it interestingly now I think the there's going to be a there's going to be a some people are able to work from home but not every job has that capacity so now yeah. many people will be impacted so those of you who have the ability to continue earning in a halal way from your home how can you help those who might have who might be impacted by that? I think there are many economies, even the I think the whole travel industry. I have some family that works in the travel industry. They're they're likely looking at uh, layoffs. I mean, uh, I heard that you can get a you know f multiple day, three to four day cruise. You know, all expenses paid. You know, for ten dollars, ten dollars. So no one is, no one's, you know, they, they've reduced the price of hundreds of dollars of a trip into $10, which means no one's going there, which means the people who are part of this industry will likely be affected as well. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that point. It really captures it well. What, what, yes, what we can do is we can jump into a couple of sections uh, of the book here because I think they will give us some, some opportunity to share some reflections and highlight mm -hmm. some of the, the excellent aspects of this book. And I hope it will motivate some people during this time. If you're sitting at home, if you're working from home, if you have some, some time, some of you might not be going to Juman, you'll be reading, uh, you'll be praying Vilhur tomorrow at home. Maybe you can pick up a copy of this book if you have it. Um, I know mm -hmm. many have picked it up. And I imagine if you go online and purchase this book, there probably isn't. It's available on MuslimAmericanSociety.org. I'm pretty sure we have stock of this book left as far as last I checked. So there hasn't <laughs> a rush. Uh, maybe there'll be a rush after this. It's an excellent book to read. Inshallah. Um, but yeah, I thought we can capture that. And I hope we can do a follow-up session to, uh, to the transmission episode that we had previously. And there were some great areas that you're highlighting from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that we could talk more about on this subject, inshallah. Inshallah. So, uh, what are the... Uh, also, if you... Inshallah, make sure you try to go and buy this book. This is really a, a, a very you know good book. And a lot of us are going to be... Uh, in our homes, whether we like it or not. So take the time to, you know, benefit yourself by reading this book. Alhamdulillah, it's in English. Uh, it shouldn't be it, it shouldn't be too difficult to understand. And if mm -hmm. you have any problems, you know, you just come and listen to us, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, I think to, 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 to kind of kick us off for this section, I read a little bit about from this introduction, and I'll read one more part of this introduction just to get everybody on the same page. Yeah. It's also... 
uh, section one nine uh, one thirty nine. So I'll start section with the IFRS. Sorry, page one thirty nine. Uh, okay. The the ayah here is really beautiful, and he used he references it in other places as well. It's the ayah from Surah Mulk, and it says, So the translation of the meaning here is, How could he not know his own creation? For he alone is the most subtle, all aware. And it's a beautiful ayah that he, he references several times, and I mm -hmm. think it's really relevant in this case. He actually, uh, the, the section that I wanted to read was from the paragraph just above that. He says, it is without doubt that the divine law in Islam emphasizes the needs of the body. Islam mm -hmm. advocates for nourishing the body with that which will be, which will not be of detriment to its health, prescribing obligations and prohibitions to that end. A wholesome approach to strengthening the body while simultaneously avoiding the corruption of the soul and mind can only come from the one who created this complex human being. And that's where this ayah is referenced. So I, I really feel like it puts it puts us in a in a proper context here for the section that we're about to dive into. Yeah, I, I think for this whole book, I think this ayah should be on each page. Mm. And you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the one that created us Then who, who who is going to know What's best for us More than the one that created us You know So whenever questions arise You know Why should I do this Why should I do it like this Why uh, Do I pray five times a day Why should I wash my hands like this It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Created you And he knows what's best for you mm. Yeah, and, and the area here that I, I like to, to reference or highlight is that this book is not about just appreciating the beauty of Islam. This book is not written just to appreciate um, the comprehensive nature, right? Naturally, yeah. and we start to appreciate that Islam is not just about the spirit and the soul. It's impacting mm -hmm. our minds and our character and our body. But I think what he highlights here is that it's, like he says, a wholesome approach to strengthening the body while simultaneously avoiding the corruption of the soul and mind. So this, I think, every time you start to read in this book, you should be asking yourself, what is he telling me here and what can I understand to transform, right? This is about transformation. So it's not just a mere, you know, we're going to talk about this and we're going to be in awe of the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we should be asking ourselves, what what should I do now? How should I do things differently so that I can be transformed, you know, through this worship? And that's why I think the, the title of the book is so, it captures it so well. There are, you know, uh, there are lessons, self-development and tarbiyah effects of mm -hmm. ritual worship in Islam. And that's what we're trying to dive into here, not merely an exercise in, you know, an appreciation or an academic study of the content itself. Mm -hmm. So jumping over, I think diving into um, the section, yeah. we decided to focus on the section uh, on that starts on page 143. Mm -hmm. And the title of that section is Purification Prevents Against Disease. Naturally, this is, you know, the most relevant subject uh, that we're focused on right now. Mm -hmm. And we're going to jump a couple of pages ahead to the area um, on page 145. 
And if you want, you can uh, start us off with that Aya on 145, which I think starts to lay, you know, a, a good a good Aya to 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 as a cornerstone for all the sections that we're gonna, or all the the topics that we're going to address here. Perfect. What I'll do is I'll read uh, two ayahs, the full ayah of this and the one that comes after, inshallah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وهو الذي أرسل الرياح بشرا بين يدي رحمته وأنزلنا من السماء ماء طهورا لنحي به بلدة ميتا ونسقيه مما خلقنا ونسقيه مما خلقنا أنعاما وأناسيا كثيرا صدق الله العظيم So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says وهو الذي جعل لكم الليل وهو الذي أرسل الرياح بشرا بين يدي رحمتي He is the one that sends the wind you know as good glad tidings good tidings before his mercy وأنزلنا من السماء ماء طهورا and we are we send down water from the sky as a means of purification that we may bring to life thereby a dead land and then we uh, you know uh, drink we give drink to uh, through the water coming we give drinks we fulfill their thirst from those that we have created from the numerous uh, livestock and and uh, from numerous men you know, new, numerous humans, right? So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He sends the water as a purification. And then it does two things. It purifies the dead land and the dead land comes back alive. And then on top of that, you know, we use it to drink and uh, the animals also use it as a drink. Mm. Yeah, so I think, yeah, subhanAllah, this is uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us water has been sent down for purification. Whether mm. it is for you as the human, whether it is for the land itself, and for the animals that are on the land. So for everything, water is a purification. And it is something that, you know, we are in need of, something that we cannot survive without. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another ayah, he says, وَجَعَلْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ حَيٍ And we created from, you know, everything was created from water. You know, with water in it, majority of it is water. Do you then not believe? Hmm. Subhanallah. Yeah, this is, uh, I was looking over the translation here as well, and uh, I'm wondering if there, if you might be able to highlight a little bit of the difference between here. Obviously, the word is tahura, which comes mm -hmm. from ara, which is what we've been discussing as the the purify. The, this is one of the the acts of worship, this purification. Um, but usually, there's also another word that comes up often, and we might have touched on this in the past, but I thought it'd be relevant to bring it up again. Sometimes purification is a translation for the word uh, tezkia and even mm. which it also stems or uh, correlates to the word zakah and do you have some thoughts on why these different words are used so uh, all of these you know di different words uh, they have you know different meanings but essentially the english language it just makes them all turn into one here mm -hmm. in reality, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً طَهُورًا It has two meanings. One meaning is that Allah has sent the water down, tahura, meaning it, it's pure. That the water that's coming down from the skies, this is pure water. Then another meaning for it is, وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً 
Tahura. We have sent the water down to do what? What is the reason we send the water down to purify? Right. Okay. So you have you know the, the, these uh, two different words, and then you have uh, Tazkiyah or uh, what, you know the purification that usually deals with uh, the person, not, not not like a phys- physical purification, but a spiritual purification, and uh, you know you have that from Tazkiyah and the Zakat. The zakat, the reason why you have, you know, the similar words, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Tahiru amwalakum biz zakat. Purify your wealth with the zakat. Right? So the wealth that you have, the way that you purify it is with the zakat. The way that you purify the your insides, your spirituality, it is with tazkiyah. And the way that you purify your body is with water. Hmm. SubhanAllah. Yeah. Incredible this... Uh... This connection from Tahura, from the physical purification, um, and we we've talked about we've had another podcast where we talked about the spiritual impact of, mm-hmm. of the purification. Um, we'll do in particular. So th- there's he he seems to go into a couple of different sections here. He actually identifies from multiple sources, not just from uh, the narrations of the Prophet mm-hmm. or the scholars. He actually looks at the historic context as well and highlights that, um, you know, he highlights that the impact that the Muslims had on the lands that they reached and the lands that they interacted with people in, this Mm -hmm. alone had a positive impact on people. The fact that Muslims had a process of, it was a quote unquote ritual purification, but it was, it was a very complete, comprehensive approach to purification. Not It doesn't stop at washing your hands. It actually starts at washing your hands. And I think that that was um, that sort of, it becomes a very, what we call today, a hygienic practice mm-hmm. that we wash our hands, we clean our bodies, you know, from different types of uh, impurities, what we consider ritual impurities, but naturally all of them correlate to actually uh, disease causes right so the areas you know or the the types of things that are considered impure but i like that he highlights this um uh in the impact that it has on people so there was an area here that i wanted to ask you about which he Mm -hmm. highlights um he talks about germs collecting and carrying diseases like typhoid dysentery and stomach viruses um so maybe Um, what are some of your thoughts in terms of how this correlates, you know, just the washing of the hands piece of it to what's been going on today or what the advice is today from medical experts. Subhanallah. You know, the, the, uh, since Corona does not have a cure right now, does not have a vaccine, all we have been hearing is what? Washing our hands. Because uh, apparently, you know, it, it, it survives on surfaces and then you use your hands, you know, to touch your mouth, to touch your nose, to uh, touch other parts and then uh, this is how you know your hand touches other things and the virus spreads through there and all they've been telling us is to wash our hands but before this you know there's there's a very famous hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know to show that purification in our deen and our deen in general is not just left to the ibadat it's not left just to the worship you know there, there's the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, إِذَا اسْتَيْقَضَ أَحَدُكُمْ مِنَ اللَّيْلِ فَلَا يَدْخُلْ يَدَهُ فِي إِنَائٍ حَتَّى يَفْرُغَ عَلَيْهَا مَرَّتَيْنِ أَوْ ثَلَاثَةَ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَدْرِ أَيْنَ بَاتَتْ يَدُهُ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, if any 
when one of you wakes up in the morning, you know, from the night he goes to sleep and he wakes up, do not put your hand inside of your utensils. Right? Do not put your hand inside of your utensils until you have washed them or poured water on them two or three times on your hands. So wash your hands two to three times because what, what is the reason? Because you don't know where your hand were during the night. You don't know what you were touching. You don't know what uh, you know what diseases you are grabbing from the walls, what diseases you are grabbing from the floor. You don't know any of these. So before you go and put your hand inside of you know your container, um, your utensils, your place you're going to make wudu, uh, touching your family, wash your hands, wash your hand three times, right? And this is this is not for wudu. This is for just as soon as you wake up, let it be the first thing that you do. Wash your hands. And then there's another hadith of the Prophet وسلم, where he says, as soon as you wake up, rinse your mouth, rinse your nose. You know, because you don't know what uh, what you have in there. So the Prophet وسلم, he's given us the same advice that these people are given us to prevent you know, the spread of disease. And I'm pretty sure, you know, this is one of the hadith that, that's on page 147, mm-hmm. where it says another form of precaution that we as Muslims take is washing both hands after sleeping. You know, mm-hmm. before we make wudu and before and after each meal. Right? So these are precautions that are in this book that now everybody has to take. And I don't even know why people are not taking it from the beginning. This is something that we should always be doing as soon before we eat. Uh before and when we finish eating, before we uh, you know, as soon as we wake up, wash our hands. And this right. will prevent, you know, certain diseases from spreading. And now this is you see what this this is doing. People are not washing their hands. And the disease keeps on spreading. Yeah, subhanAllah. It's actually interesting. I I was having a conversation with my wife just yesterday. She is a, a practicing medical doctor. And she mm-hmm. also highlighted this point that, you know, these the washing of the hands is something that we should be doing uh, more consistently because it's also the cause of the spread of the common cold, the, the, the flu that people have the year which could be mitigated which a lot of people you know do die from that as well a lot of people get very sick from that as well mm-hmm. um she was highlighting that this advice is not some special advice for just coronavirus um that it's actually you know it's it's not like a, a doctor is giving you a prescription and you're going to utilize this prescription for this time period it's mm-hmm. actually a general hygienic practice that everyone should be applying in their lives all the yeah. time irrespective of whether there is a disease that's spreading or not um it's even per the spread of disease to start which i subhanallah the fact that you mentioned it it's interesting growing up in my family um i remember my parents telling me every morning you know wash your face and your hands yeah. and later in life i i used to ask myself you know what where was that where did that tradition come from and mm-hmm. this is happening actually multiple times to me in my life i've always i've often wondered where did a particular tradition come from because they wouldn't say do it because it's sunnah they wouldn't say do it some islamic principle it was just the culture that they had right it's the Mm -hmm. culture that they up with and they raised us with i remember you know even till now my mother-in-law when she uh, every morning when my son wakes up if if we're at their house she Mm -hmm. goes his face and hands first it's just so she's teaching a child, a baby, you know, um, that those hygienic practices. And subhanAllah, I actually, I was unaware that it was um, from the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, not only something that he did, but something that he advised. 
and there's beauty in that. It's something that, like I said, this not only can we, I want to take a moment and appreciate the beauty of it, the action of it, this transformation. I hope that I and everyone who's reading this book and listening Mm -hmm. could make practice in their lives, like you said, every morning. And I think the transformation goes beyond that. We have an opportunity now to to educate and share in the most beautiful way with the larger society that we're a part of. Mm-hmm. Here is a practice that is a part of the teachings of our messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Should appreciate that. People should recognize that. And let alone if it was a religious practice in, that someone came up with in a society today, mm-hmm. I that it's, it's something that existed from hundreds of years ago, before the, you know the, the, the theory of, uh, of germs and, and uh, how germs spread to cause disease, mm-hmm. even that be a couple of hundred years old, let alone someone could have had in their tradition, you know, this idea, this knowledge. So clearly it wasn't he wasn't using the the scientific knowledge of the field of the people of that time to say, hey, it's it's better to wash your hands because you'll avoid getting sick. So this so, is, um, yeah. to me, I think it's, it, it's a, there is a moment to step back and say that Allah revealed to his messenger something that by his, on his own, he had no reason to make this a practice, meaning mm-hmm. it was not the culture of the people and no one even knew that within their the, that within society how disease spread or how it didn't spread. It is it's impossible to have made that. Uh, so there would a bit of there's no benefit for him as an individual, right? It doesn't improve his rank among his followers. It doesn't improve his status among the people. You know, right? He's not. He can't be sort of benefiting as an individual by encouraging other people to wash their hands. Mm-hmm. I just take a moment to it kind of hit me uh, as a beautiful uh, thought from how a beautiful message and a beautiful lesson that the prophet is giving us of course mm-hmm. from what he's being taught by the lord of the worlds subhanallah you know this this is the beauty of uh, of this religion of ours you know another thing that i want to mention that's not in this book uh, as of right now i haven't seen it yet but uh, there's another advice that the Prophet ﷺ gave us along with, you know, having to wash our hands that now we are hearing, you know. The Prophet ﷺ, uh, in a hadith that's in uh, Bukhari and Muslim, I believe, uh, from uh, Abu Qatada, that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, وَلَا يَتَنَفَّسْ فِي الْإِنَاءِ You know, don't blow into uh, your drinking vessels, you know, the things that you used to drink. To cool down food or to you know to do these things and right now we don't know how the coronavirus spreads if it's if it spreads from you know i, I was i don't know if it if, if it spreads from our you know our saliva or from our sweat or whatever but the prophet sallallahu here he's telling us you know and this was common for the people to blow into the food or to blow into the drink to make it you know a, a, a little bit cooler so the prophet sallallahu mm-hmm. do not blow into it because you don't know what's coming out of your mouth you know, and then uh, what 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 is inside of your body if it comes out? It might be dangerous for it to go back in. Hmm. You know, it mixes with the air and and it mixes with uh, all, all of the the germs that are everywhere outside. And then you know you're blowing it on your vessel. Now maybe somebody else is going to come and use that vessel. What happens? Your germs now is going to be shared. You know, germs that were not harmful to you are going to be harmful to somebody else. You know, so these type of advices are some that, you know, from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that when you look at it, you know, you realize that this was not 
somebody that was talking from you know from their desires but this is mm. someone that came with guidance from Allah mm. subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah I, I really love this aspect um, uh, of, of the deen of this way of life it's mm -hmm. it goes beyond uh, what some people like to reduce religion to they mm -hmm. like to reduce the idea of God to to acts that we don't understand to things that are beyond our ability to to understand for example they might look at God as the creator of the universe and we don't know all of the mysteries of the universe they might look at God as the one who who works in mysterious ways in, in the world we don't understand why things happen this way or that way mm. and sometimes we overlook that the a religion a message from the creator of the worlds why should it not include uh, the basics of, of even, you know, uh, encouragement of how to wash our hands. Why shouldn't it include that? If he is the one that knows us, if he is the Lord of the worlds, you know, it's, it's, I, I realize that many people, they, they say, um, there's other fields of knowledge that are very advanced today, quantum physics, astronomy, black holes, and they ask, oh, why doesn't your religion, why doesn't the Qur'an or the Prophet, why didn't he speak about these things? And it's, it's a question, right? But they overlook the fact that the details of what he did speak about, how much benefit they bring us, and they either do one of two things. They either bring us benefit or remove harm from us. And it's yes. incredible that consistently, you know, over and over, a repeated pattern is that you keep finding this. And here again, we see it as we're talking about it in the small advice of, uh, you know, what to do in the morning, what to do in the afternoon, just your day-to-day -day simple life. It has nothing yeah, to do with the politics of government. It has nothing to do with controlling the people. You know, how are you going to control people by telling them how to wash their hands? It's not a political message in this particular uh, instance. But of course, yeah, it brings, uh, you know, to to some benefit that, uh, that it took... I mean, we, we can arrive at this benefit, and we have, alhamdulillah, and it becomes a proof um, uh, of that message. But I, I like that, that that you highlighted that point as well, inshallah. Yeah, so inshallah. there's another section which, which correlates to this. So now mm -hmm. we've got this. He seems to jump next into the aspect of Udu, which is also, I think, relevant for us, uh, which is about cleaning the um, cleaning the mouth and the nose. Mm. So he highlights, I'll capture this. He has a good 150? quote. Yeah, so it goes from, from uh, 149 to 150. He has a quote from a professor, uh, Muhammad Kamil Abdus Samad, and 149. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, the, the section that I wanted to read from was uh, on page 150. He says, uh, regularly rinsing your mouth and brushing your teeth, which the Prophet ﷺ himself did with the sawak, a natural toothbrush, has a profound effect on keeping the mouth, gums, and teeth in good shape. It prevents bad breath. And so there's, there's more that's captured in this. You know, the sawak, or today we'll use it as, you know, it's the toothbrush. And alhamdulillah, you're able to get the sawak. There's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Anas radiallahu anhu where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says aktharatu alaykum fi siwak you know I have told you repeatedly to use the siwak and in a different hadith the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says if I did not fear for my ummah 
I would have comm- like if I did not fear that it would be hard for them, I would have commanded them to use the siwak at every single prayer. Hmm. You know, Subhanallah. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he's you know emphasizing how important it is to to wash our mouth, cleaning our our you know our mouth, brushing it to the point where he would he used to do it every salah. He would you know before uh, before he would pray, he would wash his, his uh, he, he would use the siwak to wash his mouth. And if we didn't fear that it would have been hard for us, he would have made it wajib upon us before every salah that we have to use it to, you know, brush our teeth. And alhamdulillah, now we see the, you know, the, the wisdom of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because in this time, it would be hard to use, we, we don't really use siwak like that, we use toothbrushes. Imagine having to carry a toothbrush with you everywhere you go, and right before salah, you have to brush it. Hmm. You know, it would it would be very uh, it would be very hard. Even when the Prophet sallam, he would get up to pray during the night, he would get up and he would use this, you know, the uh, the the siwak before he would pray. He would pre- purify his mouth, and this is different than what we do for wudu. You know, this is not part of the wudu. He would wash his mouth in wudu, and then he would also, you know, brush his teeth, and he would, you know, clean the, his gums and his tongue with the siwak. Subhanallah. Yeah, it's amazing that there's so many, um, so many different areas to touch on from the points that you mentioned. Um, first, that he ties, you know, purifying the mouth mm-hmm. and pleasing the Lord. And subhanAllah, sometimes we, we think that it's only the great actions. Oh, I wish I had a lot of money to give in the sake of, for the sake of Allah. Oh, I wish I had all of these things. But in fact, something that uh, pleases Allah, that Allah loves um is to just purify the simple action of you know cleansing your mouth um Mm -hmm. i I also like that you highlighted uh because initially i thought wow this is incredible he wants to benefit the people around him but in fact he does it privately as well when he's maybe the only one standing up in the salah Mm -hmm. so he's actually doing it and this to me is one of those areas that we often we touched on it in a a previous conversation Mm -hmm. but we often overlook the fact that we are actually connected to this 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 dimension that we are unable to see. So Although bad. we are not able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we, mm-hmm. we cleanse our mouth. Our mouth is not something, our breath is something that the people around us will be impacted by, right? Mm-hmm. But we are yeah. doing it as a form of preparation to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there, there are now several levels that someone could approach um, this understanding mm-hmm. of why this action is taken. And it doesn't stop at, sometimes we reduce it to one or the other, but in fact, it encompasses all of them from the, the thing that's the innermost unknown and no one else can know it is that we are doing it uh, out of our love for being uh, clean, cleansed or having cleanliness in front of our maker when we stand to meet him. But in addition, it benefits the, ourselves, right? So we, we now understand more about the health benefits uh, which clearly people could not have known about, you know, in the past. And it also benefits the people around us. We now become people who have uh, a fresh smelling breath. And I, as you were uh, mentioning that hadith, I noticed that the footnote here on chap- on page 151 mm-hmm. uh, for the second hadith about it being used in every prayer is actually from the book uh, of Sahih Muslim, in the in the section on the book on fasting and then it categorizes using siwak so it seems to be speaking about a benefit that someone can utilize 
during the time of fasting, which will improve their breath. Whereas normally we will we will struggle with um, you know possibly uh, bad breath from not being able to I guess use other tools, right? <laughs> yeah, Subhanallah. Yeah, so this is uh, in Sahih Muslim. It is in you know in the book of fasting on because people used to. Uh, you know, the, the, it goes around even in our time that there's breaking, you know, there's uh, washing your mouth or brushing your teeth. Does it break your wudu? I mean, not your wudu. Uh, break your fasting. So right. in a Muslim, you know, this, these are questions that were being asked. So he put it in there to say no, because the Prophet ﷺ, this is what he used to do. Right. And even in Sahih Bukhari, uh, the hadith goes, Lola ala 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 That if I did not fear upon the believers, right? And this is, and then another narration, the Prophet ﷺ, he says, On my ummah, I would have commanded them to use the siwak at every single prayer. So this would mean even in Ramadan, we'd have to use it. And what, you know, Ramadan, that, that, that thing that we have, the bad smell, how do we prevent it? By brushing our teeth. Yeah, I have to give a, a quick shout out. One of the brothers, mashallah, our our cabin leader at the Mass Boston Youth Retreat. Mm-hmm. Allah bless him, who he is. And um, he actually gave a gift to each one of us, uh, a small siwak with a little carrying case. And actually, it had been a while. Yeah, it had been a while since I had had one with me. I I try to make brushing uh, my teeth. Um, in fact, I have to be honest. It had been a while that even brushing my teeth, I was doing just for the health benefit. And I don't uh, now. I have to go back. It's a good reminder in, from this chapter that inshallah, the next time I brush my teeth, I will do it not only with the intention of the health benefit, but for the sake of pleasing, seeking Allah's pleasure, for the sake of uh, improving the quality of my breath. Not only for myself, but for the people around me, the health benefits. Inshallah, we seek all of these uh, blessings that Allah has given. Uh, it's amazing. In something as small as this stick of uh, that I'm holding in front of me, this sawak, a small root from a tree, how much blessing comes from it? Uh, because it's 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 included as part of our our tradition and our our practice. So there's, I'm sure others can think of more blessings that they can and benefits that they can take from it or seek from it, inshallah. Subhanallah. And then uh, one more point on this, inshallah. There's a hadith of Hudayf uh, ibn al-Yaman, radiyallahu anhu, where I believe is in uh, Sunan al-Nasai, where he said that, you know, kunna nu'maru idha qumna min al-layli an nashwisa afwahuna bisiwak. You know, we were commanded when we got up to pray at night to clean our mouth with the siwak. You know, here you have to think about, and uh, Hudayfa, he was one of the people of Ahl Sufa that, that would be living inside of the masjid, you know, inside of the masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And imagine when you're getting up to pray during the night, who are you cleaning it for? Who is, you know, who's the bad breath? Like, who is it going to harm? You are there by yourself. Nobody else is there, right? Mm-hmm. Usually we think bad breath, it bothers the people around us. But it is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to the angels that are going to be recording you that you should have a you know good smell coming from your mouth while you're reading Quran. And you know, it really shows us that uh, ooh, you know when, when when you go to an interview, how nicely you dress and how you make sure your your mouth is clean and all of these, these ta- these ibadat, they are like that for us with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
So we have to make sure that we're clean, our mouth is clean, our cloth is clean, and we're standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, mashallah. It's it's incredible this um the other day I got good advice, um, you know, from my father actually, may Allah preserve him and bless him. He, advised, he was advising me to stay strong with the Sunan uh, of the Salah. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the traditions from, uh, I remember it growing up from uh, other uncles and family members. Mm-hmm. In the Afghan community, the Sunan of the Salah is, you know, almost at the level of the Fad, like in terms of it's practice. Wajib, huh? Yeah. The, you guys it's, call it Wajib. Yeah, there's the, the, there's the terminology, but in fact, the, the people practice it as though it's uh, it's part of the salah. He mm-hmm. actually <laughs> he was he was uh, you know sort of teasing us and teaching us a lesson. He was asking how many prayer how many rakat are in the prayer of dhuhr, and uh, I told him uh, four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> he said no. So even to the level of you know he he his understanding That's of it, how. Yeah. There are is it's it's the ten you know from from especially from the uh, the Hanafi madhab, mm-hmm. but uh, may Allah preserve preserve him and uh, and the family that uh, the, the people who have who have raised up raised us up on this tradition. I think yeah, sometimes right. myself and especially in, in the modern society, we do two things. One, we overlook the sunnah. We overlook the benefits mm-hmm. of it and the the less the the lessons and the grandness of its teachings. Meaning, it's not simply um, it's not simply the actions of someone that we love, right? It actually is is deeply infused with with the teachings that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is giving to His Messenger, the wisdom that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is giving His Messenger. And yeah. I think also I've realized, at least in my life, mm-hmm. you have different phases of of busyness, you know, with life, with work, with school, and so it it almost feels like. It's sun, the sunnah starts to take a back seat to other yeah. things that you think are more valuable. Um, and it's a, I think this is also a good wake-up call that uh, these, we, we do these things to transform ourselves, our physical bodies, and transform, I believe, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it is not merely, you know, the sort of, it's not the cherry or the icing on the cake, as they say, right? It's, it's literally the cake itself. Right. So we, we change the way we approach, um, you know, the practice of, of worship itself so that we realize the, the blessings that come at all different levels. And we don't reduce um, some of these actions to merely something that's optional. I feel like that's one of the challenges we have for young, young Muslims, young professionals, people who are living busy lives. Yeah. Subhanallah. You know, this is. Uh, this is one of the things that I wish, you know, as Muslims in our day today, we would, you know, be practicing more, which is praying the sunnah. Usually when, when you go to the masjid, the people that you see that pray the sunnah are the elders. You know, the people that have realized that the dunya is the dunya and the akhirah is the akhirah. So we have to make sure that, you know, we chase the akhirah. But for us, if we pray the four times, you know, the four rak'ahs of dhuhr, Allahu Akbar. You know, you have reached a level where you think nobody else is going to reach. You know, you have, you, you've attained complete iman now, mashallah. You prayed, you know, the four rak'ahs of duhr, two rak'ahs of fajr, whatever it is. But the fact that, you know, our, our fathers and our grandfathers, you know, people that have lived in this dunya much longer than us, you know, and they've seen the realities of it, they are able to give that extra time. And, what you know, that time, is it's not long. 
you're thinking maybe three, four, five minutes more to the five. If you pray, you know, in the masjid, you're thinking five minutes is, is five to ten minutes. Dhuhr. You know how hard it is adding maybe three more minutes for the for the sunnah prayers. Subhanallah. Yeah, it's a it's a good lesson. I and I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the elders in our community. May Allah mm-hmm. protect them in this time of uh, you know the spread of this disease. Allah. But you yeah. often find them, you know, the most um, the most adherent and the most uh, strong in their connection with the Sunnah. And I believe it's a good lesson from us. You know, it shows us that even people in an old age that might have illnesses, that might have, you know, physical ailments that make it difficult for them even to make sajda, but still they, they, don't, uh, they don't leave this practice. They don't leave this. And I think that Allah will, inshallah, bless them and put barakah in their lives and their health and their families. Uh, it's, it's a great lesson for us to have um, amongst us. Yes, may Allah protect them. So now, I think the last section here, we went from mm-hmm. from the washing of the hands. We talked about washing and cleansing of the mouth. There is a final section here that focuses on the cleansing of the nose, and I thought we could also take a moment um, and reflect on this point as well. That it's so there. There's a particular. Uh, way that we we actually make wudu and how we cleanse our nose, right? Subhanallah. Yeah, yeah, there is. You know, this is uh, what we do is we take the water, and it, this is part of the wudu. You know, you take the water, you uh, put it in your nose three times, and you, you know, uh, you basically rinse it, but you put the water and then you take it out of it. And this is Subhanallah. Now hearing, like reading this part, you know, where it says. Uh, Ear, nose, and throat doctors are aware of all of this and thus recommend constantly rinsing the nose so that bacteria and microbes do not collect and accumulate inside of the nose, ruining our main way to breathe. Subhanallah. What is, what are, you know, one of the ways to know if you have coronavirus, the thing that I've seen so far that's been uh, being spread around is that you have, it's hard for you to breathe. Hmm. You know, I guess it's it guess uh, the, the, if you have a cough and it's again hard for you to breathe, and usually people that uh, that message we listen to from the doctor, he said it's towards the end of uh, of the virus before the fourteen days where people are start to lose, you know, th- their ability to breathe. And here is telling us one of the ways, you know, th- to, to prevent that is to clean the bacteria in your nose, to rinse your nose constantly. Subhanallah. And imagine yeah. this, you know, this book, we can take this chapter on purification for the body and publish it as the cure for Corona, you know, as a treatment, preventive care for Corona right now. And people would believe it, you know. Right, right. And there's enough information backing it up where this is, these are the ways that, you know, this is what they're spreading now. You know, do these things yeah. to prevent yourself. And I like that. And not necessarily a treatment to somebody who already has it. And of course, by the will of Allah, only things happen, right? It's, not, it's only by the will of Allah if someone will get it or not get it. But mm-hmm. as a means, I, I think it's funny because um, I was trying to give this advice to my young nieces and nephews. And the advice is wash your hands and sing happy birthday twice. And I thought, I mean, that's the best they could do, right? The best someone could do. The advice is still correct. Wash your hands and wash mm-hmm. it for a certain period of time. So you wash it completely. Mm-hmm. But of course 
have to we don't have to encourage everybody to sing happy birthday twice what can you benefit from singing happy birthday twice maybe yeah. you can recite yeah. al-fatiha you can recite the shahada twice you can recite al-fatiha twice you can recite yeah. surah three times this mm -hmm. this is a much better lesson and a much more value that someone can get from that time that they're spending you know washing their hands and still mm -hmm. get the benefits but like you said as a form of prevention not only for coronavirus, but for all forms uh, or, or forms of disease that spread in this manner through bacteria or through viruses. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, this is a this is a manual. Uh, we'll do yeah. itself exactly as the prophet practiced it 1400 years ago. Not not a single modification. We, we haven't, haven't made any adjustments, right? We haven't spoke about, well, instead of washing your hand this way, you know, the modern advice is to wash it another way. Or instead of, you know, cleaning your nose this way, there's another advice uh, that you can add to it. Um, of course, not to say that we can't benefit from like using a toothbrush or toothpaste. Um, of course, we could benefit from using soap and using disinfectants. But when it comes to the itself, if someone is even doing that a few times a day, yeah. Let alone actual sunnah to do it, you know, in the in the at night when you wake up, you know, for the five daily salawat, maybe for other times as well beyond that, you know, it's it's becomes very difficult, um, even if there is a contagion going around, for it to continue passing through a community who is uh, taking these taking these actions. So I like that point that you made. Yeah, subhanAllah. And this is like just in general, you know, one of the lines on here says such hygiene, you know, in the nose prevents diseases like influenza. So it's not just for now. It's for right. next year when the time of the flu season comes around. Use it and, you know, uh, you know, do, do it in shock, you know, of, of your nose. Wash the outside, wash the inside, rinse it and, and blow it out. And there's, you know, studies here that that show you know the, the better state the people that you know rinse their nose rinse their nose they clean their nose are in much better state than people that don't so that's I, a really good point it's funny now <laughs> we often as uh, there are a lot of jokes in the muslim community about making wudu in your workplace you know especially <laughs> if their feet right there's the classic uh -huh. the, yeah. the, that moment you know, and, and for everyone that that takes the different positions of wiping or washing, but sometimes you're ne it's necessary in a public place to wash your feet. Mm -hmm. And I think many of us have come across that moment where you know someone is passing by and maybe they're not looking, but you know they're wondering why is this guy washing his feet? Like, what did he in possibly do? Yeah. yeah, you know, what did he possibly do to need to wash his feet at this moment? Yeah. But. Um, but the whole process, the cleansing of the nose, the washing of the mouth, the, the, mm -hmm. the thorough washing of the hands, the thorough washing of the face and the feet, mm -hmm. I actually think we, have, we, have a, we should be doing this more actively in public places. Why? Because now we have uh, a prescription that will benefit people from mm -hmm. you know, the potential spread of, of disease and viruses. Mm -hmm. You know, the next time someone runs into you and they're wondering what you're doing, you can mm -hmm. let them know, you know, this is a practice that uh, that I learned through my religion that's mm -hmm. actually beneficial for um, preventing the spread of disease. So I'm here. I'm here doing this to prevent spread of disease for myself and for you, my coworker. You know, I care about my coworker and other people in the community. The cleanliness that I'm adhering to will benefit mm -hmm. you 
and maybe I would I would go so far as to say, why don't our MSAs, our uh, Muslim organizations within professional spaces. I know many of the tech companies here have internal Muslim groups. Uh, we often talk about many aspects uh, of religion with people in, in, in our communities and people are open to hearing them. Mm -hmm. Why don't we hold a, this is what uh, the process of um, Uldu is. This is what our pur ritual purification is. And people can see, I think it will become abundantly clear if anyone watches you you know walk through that process mm -hmm. that what you're doing if you're doing this a few times a day even once a day will in fact have a very positive impact on the community the workplace when it comes to preventing the spread of disease so why not take it as a as a proactive opportunity um, rather than sort of waiting to be embarrassed the next time you're in a public place creating yeah. opportunities to educate other people on the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the wisdom that he has uh, he has sent to all of us. This is not something that we did anything you know special to deserve. So why not share it with a, a larger audience? And I think it'll be an interesting icebreaker. It's one of those, it's not political, it's not, you know, uh, it's not very theological even, but mm -hmm. you could share with someone this is something that you practice, not because and this is a this is what I think is the difference between uh, doing this in a secular way versus doing it from our perspective as Muslims. Mm -hmm. We are acknowledging that this is exactly the practice of a messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, from fourteen hundred years ago, and we haven't added or removed from that practice. And we could see, people can see it throughout history. And so it's it's not something that we decided to say, well, our religion teaches us cleanliness. So now in the last 10 years, maybe medical experts came together and determined here's the best way to um, to keep yourself clean from uh, from spreading disease. And I think that's an important, you know, addition that that people shouldn't leave out, that this is something that comes from uh, the teachings of our prophet 1400 years ago, not something we invented today. Yeah, subhanAllah. This is, I think now there, there was a meme I saw online where somebody says, you know, he was washing his feet. Somebody walks in and the guy looks at him and then he responds and he says, you know, you can never be too sure with Corona all around. You have to wash everything, you know. So this this is a good moment, especially after it passes, you know, after this. Right now, people are not going to be coming to events and going to be, you know, gatherings. But after, inshallah, once we figure out Corona and we move away from it, this is a good opportunity for us to show people, hey, you know, let's learn the wudu. Let's purify ourselves. Let's have events where, you know, we are in the bathrooms making wudu while people are there. So they see how we purify ourselves. And we can even, you know, say this is how you prevent Corona from coming back. You know, wash your hands because this is what they're telling us now to prevent it from spreading. So if you continue washing it after, you know that that uh, it won't be as hard as as it was before this. You know, now it's, if you go and somebody sees you washing, you know, your face and your arm, they're going to think, you know, right away, this guy's trying to clean himself. He's trying to, right. you know, stay away from this thing. Before it would be like, why is he washing his face? Why is he washing his hands? You know, his right. arm. Why is his feet in the sink? Now that right. that's not going to be there. So this, you know, like you said, we should use this as an opportunity to show people, hey, this is part of our religion. Islam is not just, you know, like you said, the the rituals of, of actually worshipping, 
and going and doing these other stuff. But even here, you know, Islam governs how we take care of ourselves in terms of washing. You know, uh, we mm. have to wash our hands. We have to like, you know, all, all of these things. This is part of Islam. It came as a complete way of life. Let me show you the aspects that you're not going to see. You know, people are, the news is not going to cover somebody making wudu. They're never going to mention wudu in, uh, on the news, right? But these are ways that, like you said, you know, they're icebreakers for you to start talking to people about. And especially this time, people are going to be, you know, more willing to listen. Right. And may Allah protect, you know, our community. May Allah protect the broader society from and the spread of I know it's a it's becoming a more serious challenge for for us here in the United States, um, and I think globally it's uh, definitely the World Health Organization labeled it as a global pandemic. There are not enough, and it's not to say you know obviously uh, in Iran the, the Muslims there make wudu, and of course the the virus spread there uh, very rapidly as well. So mm -hmm. it's not to say that what Allah has determined will. Um, will take place any differently, but mm -hmm. it is a beautiful uh, precautionary measure. It, it overlaps with a lot of what people are discussing today. Mm -hmm. I realize we've definitely hit, um, you know, a, a great se segment for today. Um, I'll let you, you know, wrap it up with any final advice on the different points that we discussed here, and also with the closing dua, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. I'll go off of you know the last point that you made. You know, the there are people in Iran that are are making wudu, and the thing has spread you know throughout. So there is a a few things that you know we have to uh, understand. Is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? He says, "Qul lan yusibana illa ma Allahu lana." You know, say that nothing is going to touch you except what has already been written for you. If it has been decreed that you are going to get coronavirus. Even if you are inside of your house by yourself, all alone, if this is your decree, you are going to get it. So, but we, you know, we, as the Prophet wasallam said, tie your camel and then have tawakkul, have your trust in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. We take the necessary precautions that people are telling us, those people that have knowledge, those people in the medical field that they are telling us to do. Then after that, we are going to have our tawakkul on Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Meaning, if we end up getting it, you know, we don't panic and say. Why did this happen to me? I washed my hands. I did this. I did all of these. All of these things are precautions, but they are not going to prevent the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the qadr of Allah if this is what's destined for you. So when that comes, you take it as a lesson. You continue to make the dua that oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, protect you from this and the prophetic duas that uh, we talked about. Then after that, you know, you uh, again, you protect those people that are around you. If you are somebody that is diagnosed, stay away from the community, stay away from your family until, you know, if you are able to, until you are, you know, completely out of the quarantine. So, inshallah, when, uh, you know, the, the message that we are giving out is by canceling Jum'ah, we are not canceling coronavirus. You hmm. simply not going to the masjid, that does not mean you are going to be protected from it. All we are trying to do is, you know, prevent the spread of it. There are going to be people that don't go to Jum'ah, that don't go to any of the prayers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that they are going to get it. So inshallah, when that time comes, have patience and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to find the cure for this As, you know, very fast. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to return back to him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us take this as a lesson in returning back to him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our shortcomings. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.